0: Hey guys, what's up? It's Allie. Welcome to Relatable. I hope everyone had an awesome weekend. We have a ton to talk about. I don't know how much I'm actually going to be able to fit into a 30-minute span, so I'll probably make kind of a game-time last-minute decision on whether or not I'm just going to go over the 30 minutes or whether I am just going to push some of this stuff uh, to Thursday. But we'll just see how much time I want to spend on the front end, Uh, So let's go ahead and talk about what I would like to talk about today. Um, I want to talk about the March for Life that happened on Friday in D.C. I was there and I also want to talk about the Women's March and the media coverage of both of these things and the media bias that over and over again just proves itself to be so um, so towards the left. And I want to give you a government shutdown update I also want to talk about Cardi B versus Tommy Lahren, which is an interesting matchup. I wasn't necessarily expecting for 2019, but here we are. And I also want to mention that Kamala Harris is running for president. So uh, I was at the March for Life. I was in D.C. also a couple days before that. I had the honor of speaking at something called the Stork Ball. This is for an organization called Save the Storks. They provide uh, resources and tools and training for pregnancy centers across the country. They provide things like mobile sonogram units so women uh, in poor communities can come and get a free sonogram. They also provide training. Like I said, they provide particular tools so these pregnancy resource centers are fully equipped to serve the women and the pre-born children that are in their area. So I got to speak And that was awesome. Eric Metaxas was there. Uh, Kirk and Chelsea Cameron were also hosting. There were, uh, there was a plethora of wonderful donors and activists that were in the audience. And then I also was surprised. I was surprised by this award that I won called the Stork Champ. And if you guys are watching this podcast on Blaze TV, uh, you can see that I, that my award is a wrestling belt. So this says Stork Champ, save the Storks. It's this really heavy wrestling belt. When I was going through TSA. I was going to, through security at the airport coming home from DC. I had this in my suitcase and the the TSA agents who were, uh, I guess, looking at the x-ray machine while my bag was going through, they looked at me and they said, do you have a wrestling belt in your bag?" And I just said, yes, I do. And I didn't even explain it, but this was a complete shock to me, a total honor And I truly, this is not just false humility, I truly did not deserve this award. It came or it uh, was given to James Dobson last year, who was a hero and a legend. And I'm just a lowly podcaster. But I got this award for my pro-life advocacy. And it truly is an honor to have the privilege of being able to speak about the pro-life cause. It is the easiest cause to defend and there truly is a gospel mission to it. Um, protecting the most vulnerable and fighting for the most vulnerable who cannot fight for themselves, who are truly the most oppressed, the most marginalized in this country. It is an honor and a privilege to be able to battle for them. So I'm very thankful for this award. Like I said, I was also at the March for Life. My mom came with me to D.C. This was my first ever March for Life. Great experience. Got to hear Ben Shapiro speak, which of course I've heard before. And Um, I know Ben Shapiro pretty well, but I'm still a fangirl, so it was great to hear him speak. He did a live podcast before the March for Life where he dismantled all of the most popular arguments for the pro-choice side. And then he uh, did much of the same, but in a different and more, I guess, mobilizing and inspiring way in his speech. But uh, what the left decided to do while he was delivering his live podcast was instead of actually contending, with the arguments that he made, which were extremely scientific, extremely logical, extremely backed by fact, which everything that Ben Shapiro talks about is. um, Instead of contending with those things, they picked out one thing that he said, one thing that he said, and they blew it up into something that it wasn't, which is something that uh, much of the left likes to do. So uh, the term baby Hitler was uh, was trending on Friday on Twitter and here is why I'll play you a little clip from Ben Shapiro's uh, Ben Shapiro's podcast. The argument, I guess, here is that would you kill baby Hitler? And the truth is that no pro-life person on Earth would kill baby Hitler. Right. Because baby Hitler wasn't Hitler. Adult Hitler was Hitler. Baby Hitler was a baby. Right. what you presumably want to do with baby Hitler was take baby Hitler out of baby Hitler's house and move baby Hitler into a better house where he would not grow up to be Hitler. Right. <laughs> That's the idea. So he's absolutely right. Pro-life people would not kill Baby Hitler. We wouldn't kill a baby. A moral person wouldn't kill a baby because it's a baby and you're still going to be liable for murdering a child. And he said it's not baby Hitler who did all of these things. It was adult Hitler. And so, yeah, there are a lot of ethical and moral questions within that. But of course, if you don't believe in murder, you don't want to be liable for murder just because Hitler was later liable for murder. I'm not saying it wouldn't be tempting to kill baby Hitler. But no, you wouldn't. So he was contending with a particular and weird argument that is sometimes made by the pro-choice left that uh, you might kill a child knowing that that child is going to cause suffering anyway. It's really, really stupid. But he said that and this went viral um, on social media and you had all of these outlets like the Young Turks extrapolate uh, what he said and try to, I don't know, paint him as a Nazi, the Orthodox Jew as a Nazi paint him as a Hitler supporter, paint him as this uh, crazed Alex Jones loon that doesn't doesn't have any moral or logical bone in his body. It was really insane. But like I said, you know that if this is all they have when it comes to the pro-choice side, if this is all they can contend with and Ben Shapiro's hour-long talk about abortion, then you know that they don't actually have a side. If all they can do is extract a quote, take it out of context, blow it up into something that it's not, then you know they don't actually have an argument for it for their side. And as I've said before, all of the arguments for the pro-choice side are strawmen. None of them actually deal with the only question that matters. And the only question that matters is, are you killing an innocent life or not? And scientifically, logically, that is true. Uh, But they never want to address that. They always say, well, what about the children at the border? Well, what about after birth? Well, what about baby Hitler? Well, none of those are actually contending with the original argument, which is the definition of a straw man. And that's exactly what they did. They want to say that they're the moral side, that they're the side of science, that they're the side of logic. And then they do something like this. And they wonder why people vote for someone uh, like Donald Trump. I've said so many times it is hard to out crazy Donald Trump. It's hard to outgaff Donald Trump. And yet the left does it day after day. And they cannot for the life of them understand why their side is so unattractive to half of America. It's because of BS like this. The second thing that blew up in relation to the March for Life was the story about these kids that go to Covington Catholic School. They, The story was that they basically harassed this Native American protester who was protesting for indigenous people, not even for unborn children. It was uh, another protest that happened to collide with the March for Life. And this viral video went on Twitter showing this boy surrounded by other boys wearing red MAGA hats uh, standing in front of this Native American who was beating a drum. And it kind of looks like he was mocking the Native American and that all of the kids around him were jeering. If you just looked at this tiny piece of the video, but then, but then longer video surfaced showing that that wasn't the case at all, that the Native American guy actually went up to this group of kids. And the reason why he went up to this group of kids was because uh, this group of black nationalists, black Hebrew nationalists, uh were jeering at the group of kids from Covington high School uh, were slinging insults at them, calling them crackers, calling them uh, all sorts of horrible names that I won't even say on this podcast being as just vile as possible. so this Native American wanted to relieve the tension, and so he started beating his drum and he stood in front of this Covington high school kid who was just standing there smiling so I will play you the clip that went viral. <laughs> Okay, so as you can see, he was just kind of standing in front of this guy uh, with like a soft smile blinking or whatever. Maybe he was being a little bit sassy. But as I've already said, uh, the context was completely missing. So how do leftist blue check marks on Twitter react? How do journalists react? How do how do people like Elizabeth Warren react? Well, they freak out. They say this is completely unacceptable. Um, This is racist. This is terrible. This is what Donald Trump breeds. This is Uh, this is exactly what hate looks like in America. You even had right wing pundits say this is completely unacceptable. This is wrong. Now, I have not always been perfect on waiting to get all of the facts before I react. I'm sure I'm sure I haven't been perfect on that. But when I first saw this story, I thought, you know what? There's probably more to this. And if there's not more to this, this seems like a really stupid, insignificant thing that's probably going to blow over. I don't want to waste my breath. Uh, getting mad about this when A, I could be wrong and B, it's probably going to be over in about 15 minutes. And so I'm not trying to be self-righteous and say I did the right thing and waited and all of these other pundits didn't. Like I said, I'm sure I've been imperfect in this in the past. But for some reason, when I first heard this story, I thought, you know what? I'm not going to weigh in on this yet. And it turns out that that was a lucky and good choice to make. Because uh, we saw the long video which showed these boys being harassed, which showed the Native American coming up to the kid. And as it turns out, all of the people who freaked out and called these kids racist, including Elizabeth Warren, politicians, uh, Kathy Griffin, all of these left wing influencers, uh, turned out to be wrong. And it's worse than that, though. It's not just that they called these kids racist, it's not just that they said that you know, Donald Trump influenced them and they're white supremacists, white nationalists, and they're, um, they've inherited their hate from the KKK, which are some of the things that people were saying. It's not just that. They also doxed the poor kid. If you don't know what doxing is, that is releasing the person's information, their address, their name, um, all of the personal stuff about them so that they... I don't even know. I don't even know really what the goal is. So the kid can be harassed. So the kid can be punished. So the kid... I guess, can be targeted by a crazy person and shot and killed. Like, I'm sure that that's the ultimate goal for some of these people who release the personal information, like the address and the phone number of these people. They want to ruin this kid's life. This kid who probably is no older than 16 or 17. I believe that he's a junior in high school. And so you had people like Kathy Griffin on Twitter calling for the release of this kind of information. And the bad thing about it is, They didn't even get the kid's identity right at first. So they actually doxed the wrong kid. They misidentified the kid. Uh, They released the information of his parents, of his parents' business, uh, his parents' address, and it wasn't even the kid in the video. So the guy who was doxed, his brother did, uh, he published a Twitter thread talking about all of this. And I think it's really, it's spot on and it's really sad. So here's what uh, the kid who was misidentified and doxed his brother said. He said, yesterday was supposed to be a day of celebration for my middle brother, Alex, who got married last night. Instead, my family had to deal with the fallout of my youngest brother, Michael Hodge, being falsely accused for standing and smiling in front of an indigenous band with a drum. People then proceeded to spam my family with harassment and threats of physical violence. We then find out our parents' uh, address was posted online. If that wasn't enough, our family-operated business has been slandered and attacked. None, uh, No one uh, reviews evidence or does any due diligence. They immediately escalate things to a state of frenzy over much of nothing. The zealots scream for the head of Michael Hodge, knowing that there will be zero consequences to them if anything happens to him. My parents, uncles, and aunts receive messages stating that they're pieces of um, excrement. I'll say that. Uh, parents and won't be able to protect Michael Hodge forever. Seriously, what kind of behavior is this? Michael Hodge is the best kid I know. He volunteers for Special Olympics, took them skiing this Thursday, is involved in the church youth group, doesn't drink smoke, volunteer member of the Drugs-Free Club of America, and is is an aspiring chef. People then started circulating articles of him regarding his dreams and goals of being a chef, finds the college he plans on attending, and proceed to blow them up, encouraging them to rescind uh, the offer and calling him a racist POS. You reach out saying how terrible of a family we are, defame us, threaten us and you know nothing about us. Yet you circulate the information and spam us like it is the only quote truth that has ever existed in your lives. How terrible is that? Like how disgusting, how depraved, how dark and twisted of a human being do you have to do you have to be to to threaten a child without even knowing all of the facts? I mean, this is a minor. What is wrong with you people? And like I said, the goal of these people is that this kid who is being harassed either commits suicide or is killed. That is their ultimate goal. They want this kid to die. Not only did they misidentify this person, but even if they had identified this person right, which they eventually did, the crime that he supposedly committed was standing in front of a Native American smiling like that is the crime for which he needs to apparently pay his life. For which his parents need to be fired, for which he needs to be expelled, for which his entire life needs to be ruined. He can't become a chef. He can't go to college because he smiled in front of a Native American. No, that's not why. Those are not the crimes that this person actually committed. Uh, the crime that these kids committed. Uh, the real guy who who stood in front of him, which whose name I I won't even say on this podcast. The real guy who stood in front of this Native American man. The real crime that he committed was being white was wearing a MAGA hat and marching for life. And probably being a boy doesn't help. Oh, and probably being a Catholic doesn't help. So it was just a bad combination. All of these things, um, all of these characteristics built for him, this media firestorm against him, not because of what he did, but because of who he is and what he believes. And these people claim to be against bigotry. These people claim to be for tolerance and inclusion. That's Um, why they're supposedly doing these things, doxing this kid and speaking out against him standing in front of the Native American because they are the loving, compassionate ones. No, it's because you guys are the evil bigots. You guys, not everyone on the left, but the leftist harassers, the ones who are doxing this kid, releasing his personal information are the evil bigots. Because the reason you hate this kid is not because he stood in front of this Native American. It is because of the color of his skin. It is because of his political affiliation. It's because he was marching for life. And it is because he is a Catholic Christian. That is why you guys are the bigots, not us. And as I've said, uh, the truth showed that he absolutely did nothing wrong. He released a statement saying, Look, I I respect the Native American guy that was beating the drum in front of me. He was a veteran. I don't hold any ill will towards him whatsoever. And this guy, Nathan Phillips, the Native American, actually was the one to come out and say that, uh, hey, I I approached him. This kid didn't approach me. It wasn't a harassing situation. He actually set the story straight. Now, do we see the media correcting their story? Some, some. The New York Times actually said further video evidence of this uh, show's that the story that we originally released wasn't the full story. Okay, that's good. Now I'm waiting on everyone else. I'm waiting on Joy Reid from MSNBC to say, oh, I, I was wrong in this. I, I was wrong for releasing this information without knowing all of the facts. Some pundits have indeed apologized, but I haven't seen some of the blue check, check marks on Twitter who released his information and who tried to defame this kid and ruin this kid's life. I haven't seen them apologize. Now, the people who haven't gotten any attention are the people in uh, the video who were actually harassing the Covington kids and who were causing the ruckus in the first place. This uh, so-called uh, Black Hebrew nationalist group uh, calling the kids the, the inward trial molesters, crackers. Um, like I said, these people who are in the full video of what happened do not get any condemnation whatsoever. They don't get doxed their information doesn't get released. We're not talking about them. They're not going to make any headlines. Why? Because they're not wearing MAGA hats and because they're black. Like that's, that's the bottom line. I hate to make this about race, but it's really not me who is making it about race. It's the left. It's, it's progressives who are making this about race because this once again is intersectionality at work. Um, according to the left, that's what determines your innocence. That's what determines your character is the color of your skin and your political affiliation. Um, Because white male conservatives are on the supposedly on the top of the totem pole when it comes to oppression, then they are immediately condemned as the guilty party in any given situation, no matter what the facts are, has no logic, no truth whatsoever in any Christian that tells you that intersectionality is somehow a Christlike Christian idea is lying. They know nothing. God is deeply concerned with justice. I actually was, I'm almost done with the book of Joshua that I wanted to read in January. And uh, one of the things that just rings so that rings so true, uh, about God that is seen in Joshua. That's also seen in the book of numbers, the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Leviticus, especially, but really throughout the Bible is that God is the God of justice. He cares about justice. He cares about truth. Intersectionality is anti-justice, anti-truth. It's all about the color of your skin. And it's fitting that we're talking about this. Um, the day after Martin Luther King day, who said one day, he hopes that people will be judged by the content of their character not the color of their skin. Well, guess what? In 2019, uh, we live in a time where we only judge people by the color of their skin, not at all by the content of their character. And in fact, there are lots of people, it seems like a growing number of people on the left who think that the color of your skin determines the content of your character. That the darker you are, the more oppressed you are, and the more oppressed you are, the higher character you have. Um, like I said, that has nothing to do with truth whatsoever. And it's actually really demeaning to people of color, to minorities, that they shouldn't be held to the standard of truth and, and reality and morality like white people are. How backwards is that? How wrong is that? How anti-equality is that? How anti-empowering is that? So anyway, these were the two main headlines that came out about the March for Life. And this is not a coincidence. This is is exactly what the media wants to cover. They don't want to cover the atrocity of abortion. They don't want to cover the pro-life cause because they want you to think that the pro-life cause is so small and the only parts that are worth talking about are uh, racist, are the the racist parts of it. Uh, Baby Hitler and uh, anti-Indigenous people. Now, of course, both of those stories are blown up and absolutely false, but that's what they want you to think, that the pro-life cause as a, a part of the conservative cause is racist and bad and really insignificant. And the only thing we're talking about is uh, Hitler and MAGA hat wearing white Catholic kids. That's what they want you to think. It is not a coincidence that these were the only parts of the March for Life that were trending on Twitter, that these are the only parts of the March for Life that were actually talked about in the mainstream media. That's not a coincidence. So don't let yourself be duped by that. Um, Okay, let's talk about the Women's March, who received far more positive coverage than the March for Life did, despite the fact, despite the fact that the March for Life was perhaps uh, it's really hard to know exact numbers. uh, The March for Life was perhaps bigger than the Women's March, and this was the 46th annual March for Unborn Children, whereas the Women's March, this was only the third year. And as we know, the leadership of the Women's March has been charged with claims of anti-Semitism. And that um, is not, it's not random. It's not sexist. It's not out of nowhere. It is because Tamika Mallory and Linda Sarsour refused to condemn the words of Louis Farrakhan, who is an outspoken anti-Semite. And because Tamika Mallory refuses to say that Israel has a right to exist. This is an excerpt from an interview that Tamika Mallory did on PBS's firing line uh, not too long ago about Israel's right to exist. The Palestinians are native to the land.
1: You know, they were there um, for a very long time. And so they're native to the land. Do you feel that the Jewish people are native as well? I mean, I know I understand the history that, you know, that um, there are people who have a number of uh, sort of ideologies around, why the Jewish people feel this should be their land. I'm not Jewish, so for me to speak to that is not fair. If you're willing to say that the Palestinians are native but not the Jews are native, I mean, you're not Palestinian either. Because I'm speaking of the people who we know are being brutally oppressed in this moment. That's just the reality. Is it your view that Israel has a right to exist as a nation? I have said many times that I feel everyone has a right to exist. I feel everyone has a right to exist. I just don't feel that anyone has a right to exist at the uh, disposal of another group. In your view, does that include Israelis in Israel? I believe that all people have the right to exist and that Palestinians are also suffering with a great crisis. And that there are other Jewish scholars who will sit here and say the same. I'm, I, I'm done talking about this. Okay, so you can move. Okay, I our, just don't our, our, think it requires scholarly knowledge okay. to be able to say that Israel has a right to exist. I, it's it, it, Again, I believe everyone has the right to exist.
0: So as you can see, she won't say it. She won't say that Israel actually has a right to exist because she doesn't believe that they do. And good job for PBS uh, for pushing back on this. Now, there were outlets who talked about how the women's march is struggling with accusations of anti-Semitism. But it's very interesting to see the headlines because that's exactly what they say. They're struggling with accusations of antisemitism. They're, they're suffering within their ranks uh, because of accusations of antisemitism rather than saying, yeah, they're just a bunch of racists. Because if this was a group on the right, they wouldn't say accusations of racism. They would say, no, they're, they're, they're just racist. But of course, we have to tiptoe. We have to tiptoe around the Women's March. Why? Again, because of intersectionality and because uh, the media are leftist cronies. They are going to be partners with any movement that is on the left. Here is a clip from Linda Sarsour's speech at the Women's March. To standing up for free speech and our constitutional right to boycott divestment and sanctions in these United States of America. So they're just outspokenly anti-Israel. They're not even trying to hide it. Um, But the media doesn't want to cover that nearly as much as they want to cover a false story about high school kids um, or baby Hitler in Ben Shapiro's podcast. But uh, that is exactly where we are, because once again, the media wants you to believe that this is all that there is on the right, just racism, just bigotry, um, just illogic and craziness and that we don't actually have any point. We don't actually have um, any arguments to offer. We don't actually offer any value to the conversation. This is what they want you to think of any movement that is the right of Bernie Sanders. Um, speaking of Bernie Sanders, here is uh, here is a piece of an interview from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez at the Women's March when she is confronted with the with accusations of anti-Semitism uh, within the Women's March. What would you say to some of those people who have concerns about anti-Semitism yeah. within the Women's March group? Absolutely.
1: Well, first of all, I think that right now in this moment in, in the United States, we have to center this conversation. I think that concerns of anti-Semitism with uh, the current administration in the White House are, are absolutely valid, and we need to make sure that we are protecting the Jewish community and all those that feel vulnerable in this moment. I think uh, right now, as it pertains to today, it's so important to recognize why all of these women are coming together. And the reason all of these people are coming together is to make sure that uh, the rights of women are protected and advanced. And so I, I know in my heart that all of the New Yorkers that are coming down here and downtown are coming in that
0: spirit and not in the other spirit. I mean, that is some expert, that is some expert divergence right there. That is some professional whataboutism. I mean, she just skirted that so fast. Instead of even addressing what the interviewer said, she just said, oh, yeah, we definitely need to look at anti-Semitism within this administration. Well, that's not actually what he asked. He asked about anti-Semitism within the Women's March, and you didn't answer that. So are you fine with it? Like, are you fine with the leadership of the Women's March supporting Louis Farrakhan who has called Jews termites, like, are you okay with that? If you are so anti-establishment or if you are so um, go against the flow, if you are so different and so for tolerance, then why is it hard for you to say, yeah, you know what? I call on Tamika Mallory and Linda Sarsour to stand up against Louis Farrakhan's bigotry. Like if you are so against the grain, why is it difficult for you to do that? So I'm just guessing by your silence that you condone that too that you're fine with that. I mean, the DNC didn't even sponsor this event. There are uh, there are other feminists. There are other people on the left who said, I'm not going to be a part of the Women's March until they denounce their anti-Semitism. Why can't you do that, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and you and you expect us to take you seriously morally? Like You expect us to see you as some kind of authority on morality? We already don't see you as an authority on anything else. So wh- I don't really understand why that's difficult to separate yourself from that don't pretend like you're anything other than a filthy politician. That's all you are. Just because you were a bartender a year ago doesn't make you any better, any more down to earth, any more organic, any more real or authentic than any other politician on Capitol Hill. Okay. You're, you're, you're no different than a Nancy Pelosi. You're no different than a Debbie Wasserman Schultz, just because you're young and hip and you use an Instapot to cook macaroni and cheese doesn't make you any better than those people. And you've proven that over and over again. Um, so. That's really all I have to say about the difference between the the March for Life and uh, the Women's March. Matt Walsh, I thought, made a really good point. No one at the March for Life is marching for themselves. They're all marching for people who can't march for themselves. And uh, the Women's March is only marching out of selfishness. And of course, they say they're marching for women's rights. But if you go and look at pictures of the march, the signs are almost entirely about Donald Trump. So again, this is not actually about women's rights, which are not under attack, by the way. It's just an anti-Trump, anti-Republican, anti-conservative, anti-anti-abortion march. That's all it is. It's not inclusive. It's not tolerant. It's not for all women. It's for themselves. Uh, Feminism, at least these days, is inherently selfish. And so it's not really surprising that the march is too. Uh, Media Research Center found that the Women's March was covered 15 times the uh the amount looking at the actual seconds and minutes of coverage of the Women's March versus the March for Life, 15 times that of the March for Life. Again, not surprising. They want to cover it up. They want to say that it's not really a movement except for just a section of uh, further racism within conservatism. um OK, we do have time. I want to talk about Cardi B versus Tommy Lahren. So Cardi B did this video um. Saying that it's Trump's fault that the shutdown is happening and that she's scared. So I'll play you a little bit of that. Hey, y'all, I just want to remind y'all because it's been a little
1: bit over three weeks, okay? It's been a little bit over three weeks. Trump is now ordering, as in summoning, federal government workers to go back to work without getting paid. Now, I don't want to hear y'all talking about, oh, but Obama shut down the government for 17 days. Yeah, but for healthcare. So your grandma
0: could check her blood pressure and you could go check your in the gynecologist with no problem. Okay. And then Tommy Lahren tweeted. I actually don't know exactly what she tweeted because if you didn't already know this, Tommy Lahren blocked me on all social media. I don't know why I've never met her. I've never met her before. Um, I actually wrote a really nice blog post about her one time, but I have my feelings about Tommy Lahren. She apparently has her feelings about me. She blocked me on all social media. So But the story goes that she basically said, "Okay, Cardi B, our next, you know, political genius way to go for following her. And (laughs) Cardi B tweeted back at her, like, be quiet before I dog walk you. Okay, wow. That really escalated. And then she put out this thing saying Tommy Lahren is so blinded by racism that she can't see what the president is doing to this country. But the thing is, no matter what I think about Tommy Lahren, she's absolutely right. She's totally right. Like Cardi B. And I'm saying this is someone who knows, unfortunately, very unfortunately, every word to Bodak Yellow. I don't know how it happened. It's just like, I don't know. I just know every word to Bodak Yellow. Um, Cardi B can't string a coherent sentence together. Like she can't speak English. She, she just can't. Like Tommy Laren sadly, would completely dominate Cardi B in an argument, in a debate. Cardi B literally knows nothing about politics literally nothing so for the politicians and the people on the left who are hailing Cardi B as some a partisan hero well we do remember that about a year ago she slammed being overtaxed because she doesn't actually know where her tax dollars are going and then she turned around and she supported Cynthia Nixon in, in the governor's race for New York so homegirl has no idea what the heck she's talking about absolutely no idea so if you are taking your political cues from Cardi B Yes. Like gut check. Probably not a good place to get your information. So I might not agree with Tommy Lahren on everything, but she's absolutely right. Also, dog walk. That seems like a pretty derogatory and and maybe violent statement. So a little bit weird, a little bit weird that politicians on the left like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez are saying, yeah, Cardi B, that's so awesome. Okay, do you also stand for all the other things that cardi b stands for that's interesting um and final note kamala harris surprise surprise is running for president she's got a lot of the intersectionality points she would have a few more if she were gay and muslim but she is straight and i think even married to a white man so she has some intersectionality points taken away from her but she is a woman and she is a woman of color and so she probably is everything that um, the left wants in a president right now. She is a horrible person, as we saw in the Kavanaugh hearings, and she would be a horrible president, but she is a strong contender for the presidency. And I think that she has probably a good chance of winning. Uh, she's a crazy lady. And as the um, as the election goes on or as the campaigning uh, goes on, we will talk about her and the other candidates a little bit more. But that's all that we have time for Today. I hope that you guys have a great rest of your week. I actually had even more that I want to talk about. I wanted to talk about what we talked about last week and the three myths that Christian women believe because you guys responded so well to that. I will do something similar probably on Thursday. I'm even considering having like theological Thursdays. We'll see how that goes. Okay, anyway, love you guys and I'll see you then.